Hi, we're Ellen Taylor, and we're here to join you on your journey from pregnancy to birth, postpartum, and beyond. Here on the podcast, you'll get interviews with birth and parenting professionals, birth stories, and educational episodes to get you feeling confident, supported, and empowered on your journey to and through parenting. Welcome to Birth Reimagined. Hi, I'm Elle Kennedy, a birth photographer and doula based in Orange County, California, and I use she, her pronouns. Hi, I'm Dr. Taylor Garcia, a doctor of chiropractic, also here in Orange County, and I also use she, her pronouns. Today, we're talking to Courtney Riel Owens. Courtney is a performer, a hypno doula, and she's studying to get certified as a hypno babies trainer. Hi, Courtney. How are you doing today? Hi, I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. So, Courtney, we like to start by asking our guests if there's something specific about birth that's always lit your fire. What are you most passionate about? I am most, uh, I would probably say stubborn and not passionate that birth (laughs) can be different than what we are taught. Oh, I like that. That is something we talk about a lot here on the podcast. So, Courtney, you're you're actually here today to share your birth story with us. Can you start by telling us how many kids you have and how old they are? I have two children, uh, both girls, at least for now, Uh, Hazel and Violet. Hazel will be eight very shortly, and Violet just turned six. Nice. Happy birthday, girls. (laughs) Um, So, Courtney, which birth story are you going to be sharing with us today? I am going to share Hazel's because that is the one that changed me the most. Okay, cool. Yeah, Hazel uh, was sort of the perfect story. She was what everyone hopes that they get to have. Every time I tell my story, people don't believe it, but uh, it is true. I knew early on, before I even got pregnant, that I wanted something different. I had looked at all sorts of alternative birthing. I really had a deep instinctive feeling that I did not want to have a hospital birth. That just wasn't for me. And someone I had met at work asked me if I had heard of hypnobabies. And I hadn't. So of course, I, I immediately jumped online and began researching this hypnobabies. And I hadn't done any hypnosis before. But the more I read about it, the more fascinated I became with the idea that I could train my brain to think of birth differently, that I could create my own experience, um, that I could experience comfort and have an easy, joyful birth. I That just sounded amazing to me. So that was... I really stopped looking at that point. Um, other other birth methods had worked for family members of mine. They really had, I was really lucky. My mom um, had a great birth story. So I grew up with a different idea of what birth could be. And so I think that was really, really important too. Just growing up hearing, oh, it's amazing. It's wonderful. It's so powerful. It's so joyful. Hearing those words attached to birth early on made me understand that I could have that for myself. And so then I found hypnobabies and it reinforced that idea that birth could be easy and comfortable and joyful and wonderful. Um, So I got really, really lucky. And because I live in Southern California, I got to have Carol Thorpe as my hypnobabies teacher. She was uh, was the vice president. Um, she is now like doing consultation uh, sort of things with hypno babies. Um, she no longer teaches classes. Um, she is also a hypnotherapist uh, in her in her own regard outside of hypno babies. But um, I got really lucky that she was my hypno babies teacher, and so we took the course. It's six weeks long. Uh, it's each class is about three and a half hours and they cover everything. They cover, uh, pregnancy pieces. They cover obviously the birth itself and they cover your postpartum experience. So that was really helpful. Um, they also were, they, their information is filled with, uh, resources. So it wasn't sort of a, 
something you get through and then you're done. You can come back to it. And so that was also something that I found really wonderful, that I was going to be supported not only through my pregnancy, but through my birth and postpartum. And then even into my kids' early childhood, I still use my hypnobabies cues on a rare, very regular basis. I think um, <laughs> I thought I was paying for a six-week course, and as it turns out, I was paying for a course for my lifetime. Um, oh, that's really that's really <laughs> nice. I like yeah. that. When people say, "Oh, it's you know, it's oh, it's kind of expensive," I say, "Yes, but it feels like that now." Except, just think about how expensive your kids are. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, I I studied my hypno babies pretty religiously. Um. I wish I could say the same for my husband. He there's a birth partner track, and he did not use his birth partner track as much as I would have liked him to. So he uh, listened occasionally, and he did the homework with me, and he went to the class with me, uh, but didn't do his work as diligently as I did mine. So the time came, and I found it really interesting that most people said, oh, you'll know. Oh, you'll just know. Oh, you'll just know. Well, I had never given birth and I had never experienced what we call pressure waves. Um, in hypnobabies, we call them birthing waves or pressure waves, um, what you might call a contraction. So I began experiencing these pressure waves, and I thought, <laughs> I woke my husband up and I said, either I'm having the baby or something's wrong. And because he hadn't done his homework, he, got, he was terrified. He was absolutely <laughs> terrified. And because as a dancer and a performer, I'm really, I think, in, more in touch with my body than, than others may be. Um, and so when I told him that something might be wrong, I just scared him. He didn't hear the part about, I'm going to have a baby. Uh, he just heard something's wrong. So he called our doula and he called our midwife and they both said, well, oh, I actually, our midwife didn't answer the phone. Um, she was asleep because she had just been at two consecutive births. So she was trying to get some rest. And our doula said, well, how's she, how's she doing? Is she okay? And she asked all the questions. And Devin answered all the questions. And our doula said, oh, she sounds great. She's doing good. Let her go. And I'll see you in a few hours. Give me a call if she needs me. And I didn't need her at that point. So I continued uh, on my birthing time, what you guys would call labor. And during my birthing time, I made a lot more sound than I thought I was going to make. I moved around more than I thought I was going to move around. So even with my hypno babies, my birthing time was a little bit different than what I had completely expected. Um, but I still felt really good. I, I was using the tools that were given to me and I was feeling everything in my body in this really deep awareness, with this really deep awareness. Um, I remember very, very vividly what my toes felt like and what my feet felt like and my ankles and my knees and my thighs all the way up to the top of my head. I had full, complete control and full, complete awareness and at no t point in time was I in pain. You were very, very in touch with all of the sensations, but you didn't have the the pain associated, mm -hmm. like attention drawn to it. You're yeah. very like part of that might be the dancer side, honestly. <laughs> you know, actually, I mean, being a dancer, um, words have have connotation, right? Words have negative oh, yeah. and po and positive connotation. So the word contraction to uh, what I call the peasants, excuse me, <laughs> um, the word contraction to a peasant may have a different connotation than the word contraction to a dancer, because mm -hmm. as a dancer, I fully understand that contraction just means that my muscles are getting tight. Yep. And even, as a dancer, I have control over how tight my, how I can make my muscles get tight and how I mm -hmm. can relax and release them. So I do believe that that definitely played a role in 
al- my already having an, a, a really beautiful understanding of how my muscles work um, and how they were going to be able to push out this baby. Um, I remember having seen um, those of you who use hypno babies now is the time for your bubble of peace. Um, I remember having seen something in another uh, birth program that said that a friend of mine or maybe a family member had used that where they described a uh, they described birth as something like a bowling ball having to go through something the size of a coke can i've heard that one before and i remember seeing that and thinking that is a large round hard ball there's no possible way that that could get through a hard, round, cylindrical can. That doesn't make any sense. Those things cannot possibly happen. Whereas birth happens naturally all the time for thousands of years. Every day. It happens mm-hmm. every day. <laughs> every day. All the time. All over the world. Forever. <laughs> so... It seemed so odd to me that that is the analogy that they would use when really it, it's, it's just so, birth is so much more malleable. Our bodies stretch, our bodies move, our bodies change, right? We've, we grow from baby to toddler to child to teen to adult, and our bodies change throughout our life. So in that moment, our bodies should be able to change. That's actually something Taylor and I talked about on another episode, on on Taylor's episode, actually, where um, we interview her about the Webster's technique for chiropractic. One of the things she dives into is that it's not just the mother's body that's designed to give birth. It's also the baby's body. The fetal body is designed mm-hmm. to be given birth to and how a baby's skull is designed to be malleable, to to squish and, and fit through that pelvic birth canal space and and amazing that it's it's not a bowling ball it's not a hard object that is that is a static shape (laughs) and and neither is the woman's body the woman's body is not a hard static shape also yeah so we we have this very strange idea that you're pushing something big and hard out of something small and hard it doesn't make any sense why this idea permeates our culture. Um, because in reality, it is, it's just, we're so much more bendy. We're so much more stretchy and flexible. Um, and babies are so much more bendy and, and squishy. They're squishy. <laughs> and uh, Their bones yeah. are very cartilage-y. They're not, yeah. There's nothing hard about a baby. Yeah. So it's... Getting that idea, getting that idea out of our minds, I think is, can be really, can be really helpful. Um, because then when, uh, I started, I really started to engage my hypno babies. Um, at that point, you know, sometime in the middle of the night, of course, in, in hypno babies, uh, five, 25 minutes feels like five minutes. And so, we get this movement going and we sort of have a, a loss of, of the time stamp. Um, so it was helpful to go back after my birth and to talk to my husband and my doula about how long things actually took because I really had no idea. So from the point I told my husband uh, sometime around 11 p.m. or midnight I, I started rocking in bed and I, I'm sort of moaning and I said something's wrong or I'm having a baby. And the doula decided that since I didn't need her, that she would wait and uh, wait for the call that said it's time for you to, to come and, and help us out now. Um, so I, I was in my birthing time at home uh, in bed. I tried the bed. I tried the chair. I tried the couch. I ended up on the bathroom floor for a period of time because it was so nice and cool, and I could get some sleep there. 
So I ended up there for a while. And then my children's favorite part of the story is that both of them were almost born on the toilet. <laughs> they That's actually like very totally, common. totally normal. That uh -huh. position is you're supported and yet it's still physiologically very conducive to birth. Yes. And um, and also it's a very private space. Mm -hmm. So when we go to the restroom, we are usually alone. We are you well, not when you become a parent, but I was going to say once you have kids, <laughs> once you have kids, all of that goes out the window. But before children, we we get to have this privacy and this peace in the bathroom. I can't wait for that to come back. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to that moment where I can close the door and not expect a knock or a small child peeping through. Um, <laughs> Mine just barge right in, so I'm right I'm, there with you. <laughs> <laughs> they're so fun. They're made cute for a reason. <laughs> um, so yeah, so it's this peaceful place, right? So we, it's that subconscious bit that says, ah, you can give birth here and you will be safe and you, it will be private and you will be uh, not necessarily, not, excuse me, not necessarily alone in uh, an abandoned way, but alone in a uh, private way. Yes. And, and that's what we get in the bathroom. So subconsciously, um, I find when I'm helping other people give birth that oh, so much of the time that if I, I will say to them, if their birth isn't progressing the way that they want it to, or the way that they were hoping, or if it's medically necessary that things need to get moving, I will say to them, um, try going into the bathroom and just sitting on the toilet for a little bit. And most of the time, that gets things going. Um, because it's that psychological component. It's, it's the psychological component. It is the subconscious saying, you are safe and cared for here. This is a comfortable, quiet, safe place. So I ended up on the toilet uh, for the almost... The, almost the rest of the time, almost the rest of my birthing time. Um, and uh, there was, I think it, I think it probably from the outside must have looked and felt like uh, some sort of early comedy act. Uh, what are the, the Keystone cops sort of bumping into each other and total chaos. And then, you know, there's always that one person sort of just standing there watching it all happen. I was the person watching it all happen. Um, we didn't have the correct uh, nozzle for the hose to go into the pool so that I could ha we could get water from the sink or the bathtub into the pool because I wanted to have a water berth. So that was happening and coffee was being made and breakfast was being made and Devin uh, was finally able to get a hold of our midwife. It actually took quite a bit of time she had turned her cell phone off completely so that she could get sound because I was actually only 39 weeks and a day. And we, I was my first child and I was a dancer. I was very tiny. Um, we were just really weren't expecting Hazel to come when she did. I was actually thinking 42 weeks, 43 weeks. I kept putting out into the universe, I'm just going to be ready for her later. I'm just going to be ready for her whenever she comes. But it, it won't be 40 weeks. It will be 42 weeks. Over and over in my head. So 39 weeks in a day was completely unexpected. And it was also unexpected for our entire family who was missing. And our midwife who had turned off her cell phone. So, <laughs> a true comedy of errors. Yes. So, uh, we our doula showed up and uh, ended up having to go to the hardware store to purchase the correct nozzle so that we could fill up the tub. And oh then, goodness. yeah. And then, as the sun is coming up, our midwife arrives and bless her. She is still to this day one of the most magical creatures I know. She never touched me. And the, the amount of respect that I felt 
is still overwhelming for me, and it's something that I teach my children. She didn't touch me because she knew she didn't need to. She watched first. And that's not to say that, that someone else may not, have need, may not need help, right? There's always a time where a midwife may need to step in or your doctor or whatnot. But she watched me first. And she talked to me and asked me how I was doing and asked me if I needed anything. And because of that, I didn't need to be touched. So I, I was sitting on the toilet and, and she's looking down and she says, very as if she were asking me if I wanted a grilled cheese. She said, I think you should probably get in the pool now if you want to have a water birth because Hazel is coming. <laughs> and I said, I was like, oh, okay, great. And, and I had gone through, uh, I had gone through some screaming and yelling, but actually it, I was only screaming and yelling because my, my body was getting so tight that it was pushing on my diaphragm. So air was just coming out uncontrollably. And I couldn't help but make these very guttural sounds, which was unexpected. I thought I would be very quiet and peaceful, which is odd because I'm not a quiet and peaceful person in life. So I don't know why I was thinking that my <laughs> birth would be such. And also, I've met Hazel. I don't think you could have brought her into this world quiet and peaceful. I, I like, agree with that wholeheartedly. I... She is louder than I am. <laughs> With her body, with her with her sound, with her voice, with everything. She is a singer and a performer and an she entertainer. She has a presence. She has a presence. And it is so magnificent that I think you're right. There's no possible way I could have brought her into the world in any sort of peace and quiet. Comfort, yes. Ease, yes. Peace and quiet, no. So... <laughs> Uh, it is apropos that her birth be slightly chaotic and exciting. Um, so um, Sue Walcott was my midwife, and she is no longer in Southern California. She she moved back up north um, to Northern California, but she is still a midwife. So if you're in NorCal, find Sue Walcott. She is quite magical. So uh, at that point, she said, you know, I think you should move. If you want to, basically your baby's coming, get the heck in the tub but in a really <laughs> nice, kind way, gentle and quiet. And my and my doula, of course, sat there. She just sat there and stared at me. And um, at one point, which is completely against hypnobabies, my wonderful husband said, are you in pain? Uh. And, and, if, and, and if you know anything about hypnobabies, um, then you know we don't use that word. And if you don't know anything about hypnobabies, now you know that we don't use that word. Um, you're, we don't use the word pain because we don't need to introduce that because that's not necessarily uh, a feeling that you'll experience once you've done your training and your practice. You, you may feel tightening, pressure, stretching, uh, but not pain. So it's, oh, it's all about the subconscious. <laughs> it's all about that mm -hmm. psychological factor. And by introducing that word it it brings your mind back to everything that our culture and our media portray about birth and it snaps you out of all of that subconscious bringing you down and and into your birthing time that you've worked so hard to get into exactly so fortunately uh, i am a stubborn ox and when my husband said pain, I immediately karate chopped it and sent it back at him. Did you karate chop him? <laughs> I told just, him. Or I just the him, mental? <laughs> just mentally, but I aggressively told him to shut up. And, and then our doula said, I think maybe you should go make some more coffee. <laughs> and she sent, she very kindly and gently sent him out to have a break. So that I didn't physically karate chop him. Uh, but it was wonderful because I felt in complete control. And I don't know that everyone has that ability, but I'm very, very grateful that I was able 
that I that I was able to mentally karate chop that and say, no, I'm not experiencing that. Thank you. I'm having pressure. I'm having stretching, whatever it is. Um, so that was, I think maybe that's a personality trait. I'm an Aries and I was born in the year of the ox. So uh, there's a whole lot of stubbornness in me. I would, I refuse to experience the pain that others have experienced. <laughs> um, so and, my, oh, what? And being a dancer solidifies that. Yes, absolutely. Um, so my, my sweet husband left the room to go make coffee and my doula said, are you all right? <laughs> and I said, yes, I am, but I don't want to hear him right now. And, uh, and then Sue, uh, and my doula were able, uh, I, and, oh, forgive me, Devin, if I'm wrong, I don't know who helped me up from the toilet into the pool, uh, because at that point in time, I really was just so focused. Um, but I, they, they lifted me up and I got from the toilet uh, around the corner, around the door to get into the pool. And we actually didn't use a fancy birthing pool. We used uh, a baby swimming pool. It was uh, sort of double paned, like kind of extra thick, but not much bigger than it was. A, it really was a normal baby pool. It actually had like animals printed on the side of it. Oh so, my gosh, I love it. it yeah, I mean, I had a, and of course, ironically, for my second birth, I had a fancy birthing pool in it, and then I didn't even make it into the pool. So, you know, maybe spend the money or maybe not. Just get a, a kiddie pool. <laughs> um, you do you. <laughs> you do you, you know? Uh, whatever whatever floats your boat. If you like monkeys and trees on the side of your, your birthing pool, then hey, go for it. <laughs> Maybe comforting. Um, so I got into the pool and I felt immediately more relaxed. My body sort of uh, was not floating. Um, Devin ended up coming back in and he held my back up. It was our original plan for my husband to catch our baby. He did not get to catch our baby because he was supporting me with his, he was bent over the side of the tub and supporting me completely with his arms. And so our midwife watched. She sat at the edge of the pool with her hands. She, she got her gloves on and she sat there just watching me. And I slowly, I remember so vividly just breathing and laughing. We were talking and, and my doula could not believe how I was laughing. She was actually also training to be a midwife at the time. So she had had several births under her belt and had never seen something like mine, had never seen this hypnobabies experience. So when I started, uh, Hazel, Hazel was crowning and and I reached down and I felt her head and I just thought, this is so cool. And I was in this out of body experience of feeling everything in my own body and being fully aware of how much control I had. Something that uh, I learned in Hypnobabies from Carol was controlled pushing. So in between these uh, involuntary pushes. So my, my body was just doing its thing. Hazel and Hazel and I were working together to get her down through the birth canal. And in between each birthing wave or pressure wave or contraction, I was taking a big deep breath and I was actually slowly pushing her with these controlled pushes and it really, really helped me feel my own ability to stretch. And it really helped me feel her head mold and her body move. It was so, so cool. When she, when her head was born, I took a deep breath and her, she was still underwater. And, and I don't, her cord was not around her neck. But I do remember feeling, I felt a slight tug. So um, I believe I mentioned that. And Sue said she may have a short cord if you're feeling that extra tug. And sure enough, with one big push, 
one big controlled push, I was able to push Hazel out and I caught her with both of my hands and brought her up and I was only able to bring her up to my stomach because her cord was short. And as soon as she came out, I heard, I heard Devin and we have it actually recorded and he goes, Oh my God. And it was such a beautiful release. Everything in that moment combined the three of us together and cemented this connection, this light connection, this universe connection, this magic connection that we were a family. And I kept saying, I can't believe you're here. I can't believe you're here. And I looked at her and I was crying and I I said over and over, I can't believe you're here. I never thought I was going to have children. It was never my plan to get married. It was never my plan to live in Southern California. It was never my plan to have a baby or a house or all of the things that I now have. When she was born, she completely changed the trajectory of my experience on this planet. She completely changed my understanding of reality. She completely changed me as a person, and she really hadn't done anything yet except for be born. And of but course, if you've met Hazel, <laughs> that is that is Hazel. Like, and she continues she, to do that for everybody. Everybody, for everybody who meets her, she is. She is going light. to make waves in this world. She has such like, an amazing heart. She has such amazing, inclusive energy, and. She listens and she under, well, she doesn't listen to me, but she, <laughs> she, she listens to people's stories and she wants to share her story and she wants to learn and, and she just has this eagerness for life and joy and adventure. It's really, she is my most difficult child, but she is also the child that I have learned the most from in, and the person that I have learned the most from in the shortest amount of time. She's taught me more about myself than anyone else in my life, my husband included. I mean, she really is a force of nature. And, and we, we have a very interesting connection. Um, I, I remember not feeling love toward her, actually. Um, I felt an immediate responsibility that I was entrusted by the universe to care for and guide this being, but I, I didn't feel love as we think of it at first. Um, it actually took me time. It took a long time for me to feel love. And, and that's something actually that's important to that story because I think a lot of women feel really bad a lot of people feel really bad about themselves if they don't feel that love toward their child immediately. Oh, that's um, so normal. It is really, really normal. It's really normal and it's not bad and it's not unhealthy. Um, if you feel the sense of responsibility and you don't feel that love, it's okay. Um, and being aware of it and maybe sort of cultivating it or paying attention to that, being aware, why is that happening? Where's that coming from? Um, and as it turned out, I actually had really, really bad postpartum depression. Um, it was because of a lot of other things, but um, a lot of other factors, not just hormonal. But I did have really bad postpartum depression with her. And I think that's also made our, our relationship very interesting as she's gotten older. Um yeah, I mean, I definitely, I, I definitely struggled with that with, with Teddy's birth as well as mm -hmm. not having that instant feeling of like, oh, I, I'm in love with this baby, mm -hmm. and I, I had had that with Charlotte with my older one, and so that second one having that baby, and feeling responsibility, but also a little bit of detachment, mm -hmm. and, and it can feel really scary. But again, I had postpartum depression, and Teddy was 
in the hospital for a couple weeks and like we knew Teddy was going to be in the hospital. And I think I think for me personally, I was so scared that I was going to lose Teddy that I was scared to let myself fall in love with my kid like that right away because that's valid you know and but and but I've heard so many other people talk about that also of of not having that instant like bond and like Mm -hmm. feeling guilty about that but it is so it is so normal and and again it can change from birth to birth and it's okay like it's totally okay yeah I had a lot of guilt um it's funny you say you had guilt because your second one, you felt the detachment. I had the opposite. I had guilt the second time because I felt the attachment. Mm. Um, and that continues to be a really interesting dynamic between myself and Hazel, who's my older, and Violet, who's my younger. Um, Violet and I have a very sweet, very gentle. I'm much more, um, I coddle her more. And it isn't, you know, I think a lot of people, oh, it's your youngest. It's not that. It's a personality thing. It's really, really a personality thing with she and I. I'm much more gentle with her than I am with Hazel. And so I find myself having to step back and say, oh, Hazel needs that gentleness. She needs that warmth from me. Um, She needs me to be a little less harsh with her and not and not so um, forceful. I think part of the reason why I am so strong with Hazel too is because our personalities are very similar. So I'm trying to parent the me out of her. (laughs) See, I think it's so like, okay, so listeners, just so you know, Courtney is my cousin and one of my best friends in the world. She was my doula (laughs) during Teddy's birth. Um, So when I say like, I know her, I know her family. Like I I really, really do. (laughs) We are Um, family. (laughs) We we are family. Um, I find it so interesting because when I'm there with your girls, I cuddle Hazel and Violet yeah. does not want that softness from me. Mm-hmm. She does not come to me to be held and cuddled and yep. and cared for like that. But Hazel totally does. And I think you're right. I think it's that personality thing. Hazel can sense that my personality is different than yeah. hers and that, so and that I have that to offer to her in a way that is just different from how you interact with her. Yeah. Yeah. It is something that I have to be really aware of because I know that she needs it from me. Um, so I do try and, and give her more of that. It's, uh, and we actually, but it's more conscious. It is more conscious. Yeah. It's not as natural. I have to make a conscious effort. Um, and it's very interesting. I'm really grateful. My children are both extremely verbal. They're, they're very communicative. They're very in touch with their emotions and their feelings and how to express their emotions and feelings. And so with Hazel, we taught her very early on. We taught both of the, the kids early on um, to speak up when they need something and use your words and tell me what you need so that I can give that to you. And with Hazel, uh, when she was a baby, of course, babies cry. So she would just cry and we would try all the things and all the things didn't work and she would continue to cry. And uh, sometimes I think she cried herself out because now she says, I don't like to cry. I don't like to feel sadness. Um, and so it takes a lot for her to feel that sadness. So I will say, hey, do you just need to snuggle with me for a little bit? Do you just need, what well, you know, what do you need? And she'll say, oh, I don't need anything. I'm not ready to feel that yet. Or she'll say, I really need to snuggle with you in bed or mom, I really need attention. Um, And giving her that voice has helped our relationship because when she says, Hey, I need attention. I can put my stuff down and say, okay, let's go sit down. Do you need to talk or do you just need me to hold you? Um, It's really important. And it's, it's hard for kids when they're young, they don't know what all of those feelings mean. So the fact that she's, about to turn eight by the time listeners by the time you hear this she will have just turned eight um but for an eight-year-old to be able to tell you I don't want to feel that right now I'm not ready for that yet or to Mm -hmm. tell you I just want to be held or I just need to talk I need attention is huge there's so many adults who aren't able to verbalize their needs in that manner so it's it's wonderful that you are able to give that to your girls now that those are tools that they'll be able to take with them for the rest of their life. 
Yeah, it's something that I really treasure, that open communication and the allowance of feeling your feelings, right? A big thing, as you know, Elizabeth, or the big thing in our house is you're allowed to feel your feelings, but you're not allowed to be mean. So you can feel your feelings. You get to be angry. You can you can punch a pillow. You can run around outside. You are allowed to be angry. You're allowed to be sad. You can cry. You can scream, whatever it is. Uh, we don't allow unkindness because you can express your feelings without being unkind. So, ex- yeah. but allowing don't, that expression. Don't call bad names. Don't right. hit. Don't take it out on somebody else. But right. Express those feelings feelings. and feel those feelings. Yeah. I mean, something, I mean, I, you know, when I was a kid, I hate you. You're the worst mom ever. And my mom would, her feelings would be so hurt. Oh, she'd be so hurt. And I know now, fortunately, I'm in touch with my feelings enough. I, of course, I didn't hate my mother. I really didn't hate her. I was angry with her and I didn't have the verbiage. And I, yeah. or I didn't have the allowance to fully express how I was feeling without judgment. Um, so with my kids, when they say, I mean, Hazel, well, Violet doesn't say it, but, but Hazel will get really angry and she'll say, I hate you. And I said, that's okay. You're allowed to feel your feelings, but you're not allowed to be mean. So you can feel that you hate me, but you need to say, I'm angry with you. And, and then you can take that out. Um, but that's sort of how she came into the world, you know, with all the feelings she she's been expressing herself since early on she used to kick me so hard in utero that I could actually see her footprint on the side of my belly and I could grab her foot and push it back in (laughs) and I still feel the sort of fantasy I'm actually I'm gesturing to the side of my stomach like you can all see of course uh (laughs) Because I have phantom feelings in that area still to this day, eight years later, where if I talk about it, I'm like, oh, oh, there's that strange feeling on the side. What is that? Oh, she's not there anymore. It's fine. Everything's fine. It's very Do you odd. get that? Do you get that phantom feeling when she's angry with you? Um, like, do you I, have you know, that I connection in? I haven't been aware of that, but I will now. I wonder, I wonder if that is... Like a physical, like right. It's a, a the manifestations. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna pay attention to that now and see if that happens when she's angry. That would be very interesting. Yeah, if she's angry, does your stomach hurt? Do you have pain on that side where she yeah. used to kick, or at least like <laughs> Charlotte in particular would would lay in a certain direction, and so her feet were always up under my right rib always the right side and so like I get like this pain on my right side and like I like I do like this motion with my hand like I'm trying to like push her foot down back from under my ribs and like she's she's six and a half like she hasn't been (laughs) in there for six and a half years and yet like sometimes I still get that phantom feeling of like it's still there you know like I can still it's a visceral sensory thing thing that doesn't really leave (laughs) it's very strange violet was completely hammocked in my belly for the longest time she's and she's still like that she prefers to just relax in my lap and hazel is kicking and screaming all the way to the stage (laughs) It's, it's very fascinating i'm so grateful I'm so grateful for our ability to communicate with our kids and their ability to communicate with us. And I think a lot of that for me came from hypnobabies. It came from learning about the conscious and subconscious. It it came from learning about connotation and uh, repetition. Um, And it is really interesting having grown up in the dance world and in, as an actor, uh, and a singer. I mean, I, I've, I'm used to using these tools, right? My body is a tool. My body is a muscle. And so in each of those facets, in each of those other facets of my life, I've trained those muscles to perform an act, to do what I needed them to do. And with birth, a lot of it is not trainable. Your body does it naturally. It does it on its own. 
So in order to experience what you want to experience, there's only so much you can do to prepare your body, but there is so much that you can do to prepare your mind. And yes. in and in doing so with hypno babies, I was able to have this really peaceful, comfortable, easy birth. I, I mean, it was textbook. It was a textbook birth. It's what everyone who studies birth, that's sort of the first thing. Oh, this is what happens. You sort of check off these boxes of we're doing this and then this happens and then this happens and then this happens and then the baby's born. And that is how Hazel was born. She checked all these boxes. She did all the things. We did all the things that we were quote unquote supposed to do. Um, but a lot of that, I attribute the majority of it. I attribute to studying my hypno babies and really diving in. And like I said, I still use it every day. Uh, I use my relax cue I use my peace cue, um, and and I use my bubble of peace uh, regularly. I know if I, now that I've experienced birth from my own stories, from my own births, and then also having witnessed other people give birth, um, I use my bubble of peace everywhere. I use my bubble of peace when I'm watching television still, even though I'm not going to give birth anymore. I use my bubble of peace when I attend other births. I use my bubble of peace at the movies or in conversation with people. And even when it isn't birth related and I just need to protect my own energy and my own mindset, I still use my bubble of peace and my relax cue. And people wonder why I, I really enjoy waiting in line at Disneyland. And they have no idea it's because I'm using hypnosis. <laughs> <laughs> You're off in your safe space. I'm in my safe space. Everything is fine because I'm fully relaxed. So we could wait here all day. <laughs> Do you have any advice for um, other parents looking to have a hypnobirth or looking into hypnobabies? Um, I, I always say research. Um, Do your research and, and find out what is best for you what feels good to you what feels good to someone to one person may not feel right to another person and I also I would love to get more people into hypno babies sooner so that they have time to practice um, hypno babies is a tool that you need to practice so the more time you have with it the, strong, the better you are, right? Like with anything, when you learn to play an instrument, if you learn a new language, if you are taking yoga, if you are learning how to work computers, which I don't know how to do, you have to take time <laughs> with it. You know, you in order to learn something, it takes time. In order to excel, excel and succeed, it takes time. So when we are pregnant, we only have so much time before that baby is going to get here, however much time that is. But Hypnobabies is a six-week course. So if it's something that seems interesting to you, if it's something that seems, uh, if you're curious about it, um, just about learning more, um, I would say, go, you know, go check it out. Go to the website. It's just hypnobabies.com and and learn about it there are so many i want to say thousands it may be hundreds but i want to say there are thousands of stories uh on their website i mean it's crazy there are you know all different social media pages and whatnot where you can read people's stories and people have used hypno babies for home births water births hospital births birth center births uh it people are using hypno babies for every type of birth, um, if it has to, if it's a scheduled C-section, if it's an emergency C-section, people are still using hypno babies. Um, I know when uh, when I was uh, in labor with Teddy, and <laughs> they had me hooked up to a fetal monitoring for a little while, and you pulled out your hypno track, and you were like, "I know you didn't study hypno babies, but yeah. you're gonna be stuck here for like 20 minutes anyway. Do you want to just like listen to the track?" And I was like, "Sure," and just that once that I, so had, cool. I had never done hypnosis before 
ever in my life. I had no training with any of this. I had done a little bit of yoga, which again is like similar types of mindset of focusing inward and on your breathing and things like that. But other than that, like a handful of yoga classes, I had never done anything remotely like this. And for about two, two and a half hours afterward, I could feel the physical sensation of the contractions. But again, there was no pain attached to that. It was it was very detached, like I can feel my body physically doing this thing and I'm not controlling it. It's it's just my body naturally doing this, but it's it's like this I don't know how to describe it. It was like this weird kind of <laughs> detachment to it. And then it, it things start, you know, I because I I was not versed in hypno babies, you know, the pain did start coming back at the, you know, the tail end of that two, two and a half hours. I, you know, and I was right back into where I was before. And I, I wish that I had looked into hypno babies earlier. I wish that I had been more versed in it. And if big, 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 if I have another pregnancy and another birth, I'm definitely going to be looking into it. Cause like I saw just from that, that short little period of time, like how powerful it could be from that one moment yeah it was so cool to watch that even though you hadn't even studied it which you know is a big thing with hypno babies they really want to remind everyone that it is a course it is a a comprehensive course and you do need to study it no reading and it's listening to tracks and um and that is really important so you can't just go to the hospital and put in your tracks you know, that you found online and then think it's going to work. That's not how it is. Um, it happened to have a positive impact for Elle, um, with Teddy's birth, uh, which was really cool to watch because I, I wasn't expecting such a dramatic shift for you, um, in that moment. But again, I'm also like, I have a performance background. I'm very in tune with my body. Um, I'm a musician. I was in marching band for years. I'm very aware of all of the different, like, same type of thing. I'm used to controlling all of my different muscles separately. I did swimming for years and years. The controlled breathing for marching band and swimming, like, that is all second nature ingrained in me. So Mm -hmm. when I say, you know, like, I don't have any background in hypnosis. No, I didn't. But (laughs) I also had a lot of other stuff that is was still supportive of yeah those kinds of things it It was cool to see i mean because she was uh actually you know hooked up to the machine so we could watch the the birth wave the contraction happening we could see it happening and we could i mean i could see her belly could see it happening uh but she was peacefully resting and i was like yes this is so cool I remember, I remember I was just laying, like, not laying, but like kind of sitting up in, in like the, on the hospital bed. And I remember hearing you talking to Jeremy and whispering together and being like, oh, look, she's having another contraction. Like, <laughs> but she's not making any noise. Like, I, is she even awake? Like, is yeah. she, is she asleep? And I remember like hearing it and I just like, yeah, I'm awake. I can hear you. I don't care. <laughs> like, yeah. It was cool. Just like very like. Yeah. I was just I the, like I listening to it. I believe the nurse commented also. I believe yeah, the nurse yeah. came in and she was like, "What's going on? Like, is she okay?" She's, I was like, "She's listening to a track. Don't touch her. <laughs> Don't do anything. Leave her there." But can like it's the same thing. Like, can you imagine how much more powerful that would have been for yeah. me if I had gone through yeah. all of the training and I had been ready for that. If yeah. I had been through all of that, I think it would have been so much more powerful. Yeah. And, I mean, I, and... I hate to hear you sort of shoulda, woulda, coulda, but but when people are looking before they're, they're going to give birth, I would really love for them to give hypnobabies a chance because it is such, such an, an amazing, and like I said, comprehensive. I mean, they go through, there's nutrition involved and, you know, it's not just the it's not just I listen to the tracks and then I have an easy birth they really talk about the physiological aspect of giving birth and 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 the birth partner's role and how they can be supportive um and whoever that birth partner is your husband your wife your significant other your doula uh, a parent a family member a friend 
you know, really your birth partner is just someone who is there to support you. Yeah, your birth support person, whatever mm -hmm. that person might be. Right. Whoever your partner is on on that during that time, um, they have their own they have their own tracks to listen to. And you read scripts together and you create a special place um, so that you can imagine yourself in this peaceful place, in this uh, joyful scenario. And and you do uh, practice births. You practice in a chair. You practice on the couch. You practice in your bed. You practice on a birthing ball. Um, all different scenarios so that you can get a feeling beforehand of what's comfortable for you. Um, and I know um, Carrie Tushoff, who is the founder of Hypnobabies, uh, would kill me because I'm leaving out so much because really there isn't, I mean, it's a six week course. So do you have another six weeks? <laughs> <laughs> not today, um, but. <laughs> not today. Um, but uh, yeah, Carrie Tushoff, who is the founder of Hypnobabies, created such a beautiful program and with Carol Thorpe and uh, and now her current team. They, it's, it's a whole community now of people who are using different language. Um, you've heard me say birth, birth time, birthing time, birth waves, pressure waves. Um, we have different vocabulary when we speak about birth so that we're creating positive connotation with birth um, and hopefully using our bubble of peace um, and and showing people that you can train your brain to think differently about birth, that you can have a different experience. Um, and like I said, not everybody has, I mean, my birth with Hazel was cake. When she was born, she popped out and I was like, that was it. I could do this 10 more times. Uh, and really actually at the time I thought I was going to do it 10 more times. Turns out having children is exhausting. <laughs> <laughs> two is just enough for me i feel not really just good the about physical it. act of having no. them but the care and keeping of them yes. afterward <laughs> <laughs> the lifetime with children turns out it's a lot of work who knew so i feel our really parents, good right? our parents yeah, our knew parents. <laughs> uh, uh, so i feel really good about just the two we're gonna we're just gonna hang out with these guys and uh, be on our merry way um uh, yeah so Having Hazel the way that I had her, um, it's it's really been, I mean, obviously life-changing. It's also been actually a little bit difficult because I can't relate to people sometimes. Um, both of my births, because I used hypnobabies for both of them, I had two really easy births. Uh, Violet actually just like popped out. She likes to hear that story too. She just zoomed right out of there. Um, she didn't wait for anybody. And, um, so I have, I have to society a really strange birth experience. I've had a really strange birth experience. You have a unique experience. perspective. I have a very unique perspective. That's a, such a nice way to put it. <laughs> um, because, because most people up to up to the point of of learning about hypnobabies and having a hypnobabies birth most people have not had great experiences i mean i can't you know that's sort of the society that's not personal stories of course society's idea is oh it's this and it's that and oh woe is me but then you have a beautiful baby and so because i didn't experience that it's very hard for me to connect with uh, the peasants <laughs> with the um, media portrayal the classic yeah. portrayal of what of yeah what birth and in i our find myself oh like. i have to use my bubble of peace because otherwise i get really frustrated and i'm like that's not how it is it doesn't have to be like that you can have a good time it can be wonderful um so i haven't in that way it's hard for me to connect with people but it also enables me to be that much more passionate about using hypnobabies um, because not only have I seen it work for myself, but now I'm a part of this amazing community of other hypno moms and hypno families. And so I, I get to connect in that way and we can all share our stories. And so the more people that sort of join the club go, Oh my gosh, my birth was amazing too. Oh, mine was amazing too. And 
and listening to birth partner stories um, is really, really cool. When my husband tells his tells the story of our daughter's births, he gets so excited. And that's not something that you see very often either. Usually in our media portrayal, the dad is is a nutcase and, you know, he's running around. Your water broke. We have to get to the hospital. And he doesn't know what to do. And he's sort of this bumbling idiot. And now, granted, my husband was uh, not a bumbling idiot. But uh, he could have been a little more together the first time around <laughs> had he done his homework the way he should. But he, he has a positive, he had a positive experience. Um, and especially the second time around when he did all of his homework, he was really more prepared. And of course, he had seen me give birth once before. So um, he was much more at ease because he sort of knew what was going to happen. So that helped too. Um but getting to see the birth partners share their stories and and dads specifically say, oh my gosh, it wasn't what I thought it was going to be based off of what I've seen before or what I've heard before. Um, and and my husband got to be really involved in, in my pregnancy. He got to be really present with me um, because of hypnobabies. And so that was really special to me too. So your spouse or your birth partner, or your family member, whoever's with you, you get to you get to create this really special bond with them. Um, not just because they are present at your birth, but because they've studied with you and they can speak the language with you. And and so you're you're all together on this journey. It's really neat. So before we let you go, we have a few questions we like to ask all of our guests on the show. What yeah. is something you do to take care of yourself? Um, this is going to sound so terrible. I drink tea and I take a shower. <laughs> that sounds hey, great. Self-care <laughs> can be boring and that's okay. My favorite thing is drinking tea and, and showering. <laughs> <laughs> so can you share a success or a funny story from this week with us? Um, yeah, yeah. Oh, um, because it is Hazel's birthday, uh, this coming up here, she received a gift from one of my brothers. Uh, Elle, I will have to send you the picture. Oh my um, I, and, and for those of you who are Star Wars fans, I apologize. I have no idea what the guys are who wear the, the orange jumpsuits with the helmets and they fly things. I don't know what they are. I'm so sorry. Fight, uh, fighter my, pilots. Sure. Yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna have to defer to Taylor on this because I am also like completely. Uh, you know, I have nothing against Star Wars. I'm all for it. I just I, it's not something that I have uh, an abundance of knowledge in. Uh, Chewie and R two are pretty much the extent of what I know. <laughs> and I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Hazel received a uh, what is it? Fighter pilot. Mm -hmm. <laughs> she received an orange jumpsuit. No, that sounds like she's going to prison. That's not right. <laughs> um, she received a fighter pilot orange jumpsuit from my brother for her birthday with a matching helmet. And she actually, uh, let's see, that was last. Okay, so it's been five, six days. She has not taken it off. <laughs> she, she has been um, at, in full character for five six days now it's yes what day yes six days she's been in full character so i have had to request that uh the squadron commander come to each meal <laughs> and that the squadron commander i come do her homework uh and participate in any sort of cleanup that happens she has been in full character and and if you know uh anything about about actors there are different methods uh one of them is called method acting uh where you are fully in character all the time so i think johnny depp is is known for for being in character all the time and of course there are many others hazel as it turns out is a method actor <laughs> i don't know what movie she's preparing for but 
I think if she's going to get her own spinoff series. <laughs> she's like her own. clearly. We're preparing for an audition any day now. They will she will be discovered in her fighter pilot suit. Uh and she's she's going to be taken to space. I I think uh I think that's happening. So I can't yeah, I'll have to send you a picture cuz you'll really appreciate it. Uh but but you know, others may think that this is strange whereas I see it as a true success in parenting because not only is my kid comfortable wearing the same thing for six days, but she she is comfortable practicing her art and honing her craft at home, creating her and characters. Just being 100% Hazel. <laughs> she is 100% authentic Hazel, and there's nothing hidden about it, and, and I feel... For me, that's a big success because, like I said, our, our relationship is really interesting and our dynamic. Um, that when she is fully comfortable being herself and expressing herself in front of me and around me, um, that's not something that I could do with my parents. And so when she does that with me, even in sort of this silly, playful way, you know, this isn't a serious thing, but um, when she expresses herself and she feels that she can express herself without judgment around me, uh, that means a lot to me and it helps me feel like I'm on the right path and I'm, I'm doing, doing pretty damn good at this parenting thing. You are, are. I've seen you. You are (laughs) absolutely. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and talking with us today. Um, We are so glad to have had you now, before we go, where can everyone find you? Instagram websites. Uh, I'm on hypnobabiesla.com. And I'm also on the hypnobabies.com website. If you look, if you're searching for a doula, it says find a doula. You can click on that. And I'm in Southern California. I'm in the Long Beach area. I do LA. I try to stick to the South Bay area uh, because I have kids and it's hard to find sitters. Um, But I'm in the South Bay area, LA County and Orange County. Um, And yeah, and every now and then you can see me at Disneyland. (laughs) <laughs> when it opens up once, again once we when, it, when it when it opens back up again hopefully we'll all be back soon <laughs> thank you so much for coming on the show with us courtney Thanks, we loved you having you on and listening to you share your hypnobirthing story with us and all of the wonderfulness that you shared from your family thank you so much thank you and thank you listeners for joining us and we'll see you next time bye bye Thank you so much for joining us here on Birth Reimagined. If you'd like to join our Facebook community, you can find us there at Birth Reimagined Family. And if you'd like to join our email list, you can get the link to that on the show notes for this episode. Being a member of our email list gets you access to all our freebies and makes sure you're kept in the loop whenever a new episode drops or we have anything exciting to share. Thanks again and see you next time.